Before we resume our, our study, looking at all these uh, wonderful titles and attributes of our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, I thought I'd just read some correspondence that I got the last little while. I thought it might encourage you. You can uh, pray uh, for this, uh, this, uh, this lady. I won't mention her name. It's really not that important, but she might just come and visit us. Um, I'm not real good with email. <laughs> I can have something in my inbox that will be there for uh, a while, and sometimes uh, I'll catch it. Well, way back in April, uh, we had a lady inquire if we had a vacation Bible school, uh, VBS. And I replied to her, um, Hi, just found your email in my spam folder today. Uh, this is August, and she wrote to us in April. Uh, she wrote, um, Hi, do you offer a vacation Bible school in the summer for kids? And so uh, this is my reply. I just found your email in your spam folder today. Though you sent it back in April, I thought the least I could do was reply to you this morning. We do not offer a vacation Bible school as such, but we do have excellent Sunday school teachers who love the gospel of God concerning his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. If you are looking for good children resources for Sunday school or the home, may I suggest visiting truthforchildren.net. That's, that's a really good website. Uh, it's good really for any believer. You don't have to be a child. It's just simple, clear gospel truthforchildren.net. Also, if the Lord puts it on your heart, why not come and visit us on a Wednesday evening or a Sunday morning sometime? Kindest regards. And uh, she replied, uh, Joseph, thank you for your reply. I will definitely try to come out and visit soon. So if you just have her in your prayers, that the Lord indeed would put it on her heart to come. Now, as we've been looking at our study, um, I don't think I'm doing anything too, um, well, nothing of the sort. I, I, I believe this is uh, what the scriptures uh, bear out, that he's the alpha and omega of our salvation. Indeed, in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 9, it says he's the, the author of eternal life to those who obey him. And we've been looking at all these letters uh, we, we looked at how he is the, uh, and we just heard it in our, in our brother's prayer. He's our advocate. He's our advocate. And we've been looking at the letter B, and I can't think of anything better than that word behold, where the prophet John the Baptist said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And see how that he's not a, 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 um, an almost Savior. He's a complete Savior. And, beloved, you're complete in him. He doesn't almost save us. He saves us to the uttermost. And then the letter D, um, remember what he said about being the door? <laughs> he said, I am the door. If any man enter in, uh, he shall be saved. Don't you love all those places where it says he shall save? And then uh, the letter E, uh, my favorite thing to think about our Lord is how uh, he's the one that brings about that expected end for his people. I believe that's Jeremiah twenty nine eleven. You know, sometimes uh, you might hear somebody saying that when uh, someone dies, they die alone. Uh, you get that thought as far away as possible from you. Not, not for the believer. Not at all. Not for the believer. For the believer, the Lord has promised to be with us always, even unto the end of the world. 
Now, those who are not in Christ, those who are in the world without God, without hope, without Christ, they will die alone. But for the believer, <laughs> um, the Lord has promised us that he is with us always, that he'll never leave us or forsake us. So when you hear of a beloved brother or sister uh, departing, never think for a moment that they departed alone. We can't uh, enter into these things as fully as we would like to, but he promised, I go to prepare a place for you and, uh, and I'll come back for you. And uh, I wouldn't tell you these things unless they were so. So we looked at the letter E, uh, letter F, how that he shall not fail. Beloved, don't take it for granted that you believe the Christ of the Bible. Don't take it for granted. You know how many people got up this morning, are going to a building, they got church on the outside, they got a Bible under their arm, and they've never heard of the captain of our salvation, the champion of our salvation. How that it's not merely that he uh, was, uh, what does it say there at the last part of Romans 4? Is it, is it verse 25? That uh, he was uh, put to death for our offenses and raised again for our justification. We received a, a double at the Lord's hand for all our sins and iniquities. I love that, don't you? How that his blood fully and completely washes us of our sorry mess, all our sins. And that's half a gospel. You want to hear the other part, beloved? In the life that he lived as a real man, he established on the earth perfect righteousness. I'm talking about perfection. James, I'm talking about perfection. That perfection is not only to satisfy the Father. We need something that's going to satisfy our conscience. <laughs> and we know nothing but perfection can satisfy the true and living God. And when we get blessed in those moments, <laughs> as we're carrying around this cadaver everywhere we go, the Lord ever increases that, that um, I mean, we just understand a little bit of it. <laughs> but to rejoice in knowing that while I don't love like I ought to love, that means the Lord Jesus Christ, that means his people, his body. Nevertheless, the word of God says, herein is our love made perfect, perfect love, <laughs> that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as he is, so are we in this world. So wonderful to know that he shall not fail. And then we looked at uh, G, you know, uh, what comes to mind. I trust for many of you are thinking about well, you could be thinking about how he's God. You'd be thinking about how he's the, the good shepherd, the great shepherd. Um, and then we looked at, uh, uh, well, I think we're going to look at uh, H today. <laughs> going to look at H. And I pray the Lord would continue to cause us to grow in the grace and the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. That all of these things we'll look at under the heading H. I found a found 12 of them, and we'll just go through them. And uh, I don't pr pretend to suggest that this is exhaustive in any way, but I was, I was greatly blessed to consider all of these wonderful titles and attributes. And uh, some of you all might be thinking I'm cheap, cheating because 
you might think, well, that's pretty easy, Joseph. Well, the gospel is easy. Let's start with just the simple word, him. And we've been studying through Revelation. Beloved, our Savior is him that loved us and washed us of our sins in his own precious blood. That's what it says in Revelation chapter 1, verse 5. It says, unto him that loved us and washed us from our sins in his own blood. And then in the latter part of verse 6, it says, be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. And I still remember that dominion when we're looking at number D, or not number D, at letter D. Uh, he's, a, he's a sovereign, the sovereign over all, over creation, over providence, and over salvation. I trust that you, believer, you, safe sinner this morning, are not tracing the reason that you believe here this morning, where you sit, to anything you have done or will do, but is because he reigneth. <laughs> he reigneth. Uh, the other uh, letter E, I think, or H, excuse me, not only I think of him as him that loved us, but he shall save us, beloved. Uh, there's two places that jump out immediately. You know, of course, Matthew chapter 1, verse 21. It says there, the angel that came from the very throne of God, the throne of God's grace, came with this message to Joseph and said, Call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And then in Proverbs uh, 20, you turn over there, and, uh, oh, the Lord give us grace to wait. Uh, grace to uh, cease from any and all works. How come? Because the righteousness of God has been manifest in the Son. There's nothing to do. He's done it all. And in Proverbs chapter 20, verse 22, it says there, Say not thou, I will recompense evil. God forbid we should ever have a thought in our heart or mind that, that we're going to do something or, or stop doing something to curry God's favor. The Lord has paid the sin debt in full. What does it say there? It says, but wait on the Lord. And the same thing we just read in Matthew 1, verse 21. This, we're just looking at H, him that loved us. H, he shall save his people from their sins. He shall save thee. Wait on the Lord and he shall save thee. Um, look what it says in um, Job. The book of Job, 698 in your Cambridge, King James. But I'm going to be looking a little bit further in there. Uh, Job chapter 22. And I really love this title. It really is a beautiful picture a beautiful title of our Lord Jesus Christ. Again, we're looking at the letter H. He is the Savior of the humble person. <laughs> uh, Job 22, verse 29, it says there, When men are cast down, then thou shalt say, There is lifting up, and he shall save the humble. Now, what does that remind you of, beloved? Does it not remind you of the parable of the Pharisee and the publican? That's a perfect 
uh, ex uh, commentary, if I could put it that way, on what we just read in Job 22, verse 29. In Luke chapter 18, it says there, beginning, well, I'll just, I'll just read verse, I believe it's verse 13. The Lord is contrasting this uh, ignorant Pharisee who's in darkness, and he pretentiously play, prays to God and says, I thank you, God, that I'm not like other men, and then begins to give himself a, a, a laundry list that he thinks commends himself into the favor of God. But the Lord says in verse 13, the publican standing afar off, the, the, the humble man, the humble person, would not lift up so much as his eyes unto heaven, but smote upon his breast, saying, Be merciful to me, a sinner. Be be propitious to me, a sinner. And our Lord tells us that that publican was lifted up. I tell you, this man went down to his house justified rather than the other. For every one that exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. Beloved, he's also the one who heals all our diseases. Look what it says. We'll look at a few verses in the Psalms. Uh, first one is uh, Psalm 103. 103, verse 3, it says there that our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, is the one who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases. And then Psalm 146, verse 3, it says there, 146. And I think I have the reference wrong here. I'll get it for you in a second. Just give me a moment. Sorry, 147, verse 3. It says there, He healeth the broken in heart and bindeth up their wounds. He is the Savior who heals, beloved. He heals all our diseases. Look what it says in Isaiah chapter 30. Isaiah chapter 30. It says there in verse 26, Moreover, the light of the moon shall be as the light of the sun, and the light of the sun shall be sevenfold as the light of seven days. In the day that the Lord bindeth up the breach of his people and healeth the stroke of their wound. And then one last verse in Isaiah on how that he is the one who heals all our diseases. It says in Isaiah 53, and I'm sure many of you are familiar with this verse. It says there in verse 5, how that the Son of God, our Lord and God, Jesus Christ, our, our Savior, our Redeemer, how that He was wounded for our transgressions, He was bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon Him, and with His stripes we are healed. He took to Himself all our sins to give us all his glory. 
It's what we uh, read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, how that our Heavenly Father made His well-pleasing darling sin to be sin for us, He who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. Another, uh, I don't know if it's really a title, or, but certainly a word, is this uh, word, uh, hear. Beloved, he's the one where to hear. Where to hear him. And I can think of three places where we read that. In Matthew chapter uh, 3, verse 17, it says that there was a voice from the cloud. This is the Father speaking of his beloved Son. And he said, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. And then in Matthew 17, again, we hear the same declaration. This is my Son, in whom I am well pleased. Hear ye him. The Holy Spirit has blessed his word to the hearts of his people. And we know this, not because we figured it out, but because we've been given grace to hear him and to, to receive his word as it is in truth, the word of God, not the word of men. So that uh, we read in Hebrews, it's wonderful. I mean, you might scratch your head and think, why is someone following another man? You know, like here's, there's Muhammad, there's a false prophet. Uh, Ellen White, that's uh, the false prophet of the Seventh-day Adventists. Or uh, Mr. Russell, all the false Jehovah's Witnesses are following Mr. Russell. Or, or the Pope. Uh, you can go on and on. Uh, L. Ron Hubbard, how's that for a false prophet? If you don't know who that is, that's the guy who made up the, the, the sci-fi cult Scientology. Well, how is it that we're not following uh, some other man save Christ? Well, by God's grace, beloved, we hear him. It says in Hebrews, if you turn there with me, and I'm going to harp on a couple of these words here. They might seem trivial and light and nothing to the unbeliever, but for the believer, this is a, a, a light unto our path, a lamp unto our feet. And it says in Hebrews, you know, people want to know uh, of your, if you're of this confession or that confession, uh, what's your confession? <laughs> Christ. <laughs> Is it the Belgic Confession? The, the 1689 uh, Baptist or the 1776 Baptist or whatever they're asking about. No, it's Christ. And it says here in Hebrews chapter 1, verse 1, God who at sundry times, at different dispensations over time, and in diverse manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days, in the last days began when the Lord Jesus Christ sat on the throne of God. He is risen indeed, and he ever liveth to make intercession for those who believe on him. On all of his covenant people, he intercedes for them. We have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. And, and in verse 2 it says, Hath in these last days spoken to us by his Son. <laughs> I don't want to hear anyone else but his Son. Whom he hath appointed, and then uh, coming to another uh, letter H, how uh, he's the heir of all things. He is the rightful owner of all things. That's a lot to say in one little sentence. <laughs> he is the heir, the owner, the rightful owner of all 
things. Now, beloved, when you do meet someone who's a little uh, zealous, or let's say a lot zealous, <laughs> and they're in a store, let's say they own a restaurant, and just in a brief moment, you happen to glean that they want you to know, uh, Jesus Christ is the owner of my store. He owns this restaurant. I even put his name in the deed. Don't look down your nose at someone like that. This has been grabbed a hold of this word heir. <laughs> He's the heir of all. Uh, look what it says there in verse 2. Remember, I'm, I'm reading here from Hebrews chapter 1. He hath appointed, the Father hath appointed his Son to be heir of all things, by whom also he made the worlds. He made the worlds. You know, when uh, your, uh, your children come up to you, whether you're a grandfather, uh, a father, or soon-to-be father, <laughs> and uh, your little boy or little girl might ask you, uh, who, who made the world? And uh, you can turn. It'll be your delight to turn to John's Gospel, chapter 1, and you'll tell them about the real man named John and how the beginning of, of John correlates with the, the, the first book of the Bible in the beginning. And, and John writes here, in the beginning was the Word. That's talking about the eternal Son of God, the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And it says there, it's such a glorious verse, isn't it? You tell that little boy, that little girl, or you can tell that big boy or that big girl. <laughs> you can tell this to anybody. It's not just for children. Somebody might tell you, I believe in God. Well, what's, who, what's the name of your God? I don't know. Well, let me tell you the name of my God. His name is Jesus Christ. And all things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. And that little person or that big person, whoever it is you might be talking to, go, well, that's the earth. What about the universe? What about you know the other worlds? Okay. <laughs> Look what it says here in Hebrews. It says here, and God condescends to tell us how he's made the worlds, the worlds have been made by the eternal Son of God, who being the brightness of his glory, the Son is the brightness of the glory of the Father and the express image of his person. Remember, the Lord heard from uh, Philip, show us the Father and it sufficeth. And the Lord Jesus Christ said to Philip, Philip, I've been with you for such a long time and you still don't know. He who has seen me has seen the Father. And appointed, it says here, and upholdeth all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down, got the job done, on the right hand of the majesty on, the, on high. Now, what, what's the job I'm talking about? The father gave commandment to his son to come into the world to save sinners. And he now sat down. How come? Because he saved all his people. So we hear him, beloved. We don't hear uh, religious men. We hear the God-man, Jesus Christ, the sinner substitute. And he's the heir of all things. And he's the Holy One. Look what it says in Acts chapter 3. Acts chapter 3, verse 14. It says there, 
And this is uh, Peter preaching on the people. I know it's been begin a little bit earlier than the verse I gave you, which was 14. We'll get to that in a moment. But that's the other glorious title of the Lord Jesus Christ. He is the Holy One. When Peter saw it, he answered unto the people, Ye men of Israel, why marvel ye at this? Or why look ye on earnestly on us, as though by our own power or, or holiness had made this man to walk? <laughs> our brother Peter's making mention of the righteousness of Christ, of his holiness and his only. <laughs> Psalm 71, verse 16. That's what our brother's doing here. And he says here, as though by our own power or holiness we had made this man to walk. Verse 13, The God of Abraham and Isaac and of Jacob, the God of our fathers, hath glorified his son Jesus, whom ye delivered up and denied him in the presence of Pilate when he was determined to let him go. But ye denied the Holy One and the just. What does it say in 1 John chapter 2, verse 1? If any man sin. When, when we sin, beloved, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the just, the righteous. That's what that word just is speaking of. And desired a murderer to be granted unto you and killed the prince of life whom, the God, whom God hath raised from the dead, whereof we are witnesses. And, has, and, and his name, through faith in his name, hath made this man strong, whom ye, uh, whom ye see and know. Yea, the faith which is by him hath given him the perfect soundness in the presence of you all. And now, another uh, chapter over, chapter 4. We were just looking at Acts chapter 3. Look at Acts chapter 4 and verse 27. Not only do we see the, the title Holy One describing our Lord Jesus Christ, but he's the, the Holy Child. Acts chapter 4, verse 27. It says there, I'll begin reading in verse 23. Acts 4, verse 23. And being let go, they went to their own company and reported all that the chief priests and elders had said unto them. And when they had heard that, they lifted up their voice to God with one accord, and they started quoting the book of Psalms, if I'm not mistaken. And said, Lord, thou art God, which has made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is, who by the mouth of thy servant David has said, they're quoting now the Psalms of David. Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? The kings of the earth stood up and the rulers were gathered together against the Lord, against his Christ, his Messiah, his Savior. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom thou hast anointed, whom thou hast, uh, hast made Christ, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel will gather together for to do whatsoever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings and grant unto thy servants that they, with all boldness, they may speak thy word. By stretching forth thine hand to heal 
and that signs and wonders may be done by the name of the Holy Child, Jesus. So that's another glorious title of our Lord and God, Jesus Christ. He's the Holy Child. And then in Mark's gospel, he's the Holy One of God. All of us have fallen short of the glory of God. And there is one man, the God-man, Jesus Christ, and he is holy, holy, holy. He is a holy man, a righteous man, a perfectly upright man. And it says in Mark chapter 1, verse 24, and this is what the... Uh, this... Uh, demon that possesses man said of the Lord Jesus Christ. It says in verse 23, there was a, in their synagogue a man with an unclean spirit and he cried out saying, let us alone. What have we to do with thee, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. What a glorious title. And then in Luke, Luke's gospel, turn there with me, Luke records this in uh, chapter 1, verse 69, how the Lord Jesus Christ is the horn of our salvation. It says there in verse 69, and, and I'll, I'll, beginning, uh, I'll begin reading there, Verse 67, and his father, Zacharias, was filled with the Holy Ghost and prophesied, saying, Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, verse 68, for he hath visited and redeemed his people and hath raised up an horn of salvation. That, that, that picture of the horn is, is a picture of power power and saving power. He, we we uh, love what we read in, in Jonah, do we not? In Jonah chapter 2, verse 9, it says there, salvation is of the Lord. And this is just another way of saying that. An horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant, David. The horn of our salvation. And then um, we read in Isaiah chapter 41, Isaiah chapter 41, the Holy One of Israel. He is the Holy One of Israel. It says there in verse 14, Fear not, fear not, thou worm Jacob, and ye men of Israel, and I will help thee, saith the Lord and thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel. Just one of those <laughs> is the Lord is pleased to hide in your heart. I trust will will grant sinners in this auditorium much comfort. Him that loved us and washed us of all our sins with His precious blood. Him. Who's your Savior? It's, it's Him who loved me. <laughs> And wash me of all my sins in His precious blood. Uh, who, who is your Savior? My Savior. He's the Savior. The Scriptures say, it says, He shall. 
he shall. <laughs> not maybe, not might. And we can go on and on. Now, who is your Who is your God, Joseph? Uh, he's the heir of all things. You see that car you're driving? He owns it. <laughs> Everything is owned by the Son of God, the, the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And He is the Savior who heals all our diseases. Before I ask... Uh, Gary, to conclude our study, I want to read that portion of Isaiah. We were just reminding ourselves this morning how um, believing is a miracle. And we see that right in the very beginning of Isaiah 53. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? It's revealed to his people. Uh, who are his people? They're a chosen, particular, elect people. Well, now, preacher, you're making me nervous. <laughs> uh, well, God grant you to enter into it. Paul wrote to young Timothy. He wrote to young Timothy, Beloved Timothy, a true and faithful saying worthy of all acceptation. Christ Jesus came into the world to save guilty, vile, wretched unacceptable, rejected in the presence of God, sinners left to themselves. I mean, sinner should be very clear what that means. It means unacceptable in your doing, unacceptable in your best deeds, rejected. That's why the, the Isaiah, our, our brother Isaiah says, all our righteousnesses, plural, not singular, all of your deeds all of your good works, all of the attributes that other people say are good about you, they fall short of the glory of God. And so I'll say it again, what, what Paul wrote to young Timothy, true and faithful, worthy of all acceptation, Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And beloved, he shall. He shall save sinners from their sins. And it's those that he has everlastingly loved in the covenant of grace those that have been everlastingly loved in the eternal covenant of his glorious purpose to save his people, in time, they will be called. They will be called. God will bless the preaching of the gospel of his son, uh, Jesus Christ our Lord, and uh, they will believe. And this uh, Isaiah 53, who hath believed our report and to whom the arm of the Lord is revealed, well, the Lord Jesus Christ said on one occasion, he said, this is the work of God, to believe on the one God sent. He also says in Ephesians, in the very first chapter, if memory serves, it says there in verse 19. Uh, lead our report? Ephesians 1.19, it says, speaking about the exceeding greatness of his power. What a, what a great power and miracle it is to believe. And it says to us word who believe. And, and how is it we believe? According to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in 
the heavenly. And here, uh, I'll read this now. Isaiah 53, verse 1. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? For he shall grow up before him as a tender plant and as a root out of a dry ground. He hath no form nor comeliness. And when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised, and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. Transgression. Uh, breaking the law, iniquity. All those times you thought you did or didn't do something to curry his favor. The chastisement of our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord hath laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. How come? Because he was made to be sin for us, beloved. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb, so he openeth not his mouth. He was taken from the prison, he was taken from prison and from judgment, and who shall declare his generation? For he was cut out of the land of the living, for the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death, because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When thou shalt make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul, and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, and he, sh and he shall divide the spoil with the strong, because he hath poured out his soul unto death, and was numbered with the transgressors, and he bare the sin of many, and made intercession for the transgressors. Amen.